0: Thanks, Andrew. I shared with the launch of the life groups just on Tuesday something of what I've heard. So, some of you have already heard what I'm about to say, or some of it. But I want to take you back in time a little bit, if I can steal a line from Billy Joel to when I wore a younger man's clothes. In 1968, Billy Graham came to Australia and I, amongst hundreds of thousands of other people, went to witness his crusade at the Melbourne Maya Music Bowl. And at one of those messages, I just felt the need to go forward. And I went forward and I accepted Jesus Christ. And I didn't do anything else about it. Didn't start going to church. Went on to university, finished my university course. And while I was at university, I went managed to join a group called ISEC, which was an international association that enabled students who were graduates to go overseas. And while overseas they were in a student exchange type of arrangement, we were able to go. And work in a different country and I managed to get a job with Union Carbide in New York City and so in 1969 at the age of 21 I took off overseas which was something that a lot of kids didn't get to do in those days today it's a rite of passage for the young people but it's not so much then En route to New York City I landed in Hong Kong and I was supposed to be met by somebody there to take me to where I was staying, the YMCA. And I didn't turn up and I, I met a guy there called Ken Budge who was a missionary in China. And he said, look, I'll take you there. So he took me there and he said, I'll pick you up in the morning and take you shopping because I wanted to buy a camera. And he did all of that. And before I left, he said, David, I want to give you something. And he gave me a Bible. I put the Bible in my suitcase and didn't think anything more about it that's the second thing so I went to New York I worked there for two years and while I was in New York they said to me would you like to go to Bermuda to continue working with us so I went to Bermuda and in Bermuda I went to the First Baptist Church of Bermuda something drew me to church the Bible that I had because I started reading it and I was invited to go to a cell group there a men's Bible study group that met in a, in a in a in a bar in a morning and they said we're just starting to read Luke we're going to work our way through Luke so I went there for five weeks which was a small group of men by the, ten, the end of five weeks they hadn't finished chapter one so I got a little bit bored with that. <laughs> and so I stopped going. Long story short, because I'm running out of time, well, I don't have a lot of time, came back to Australia and again started going to church. Kew Baptist Church was the place to be in those days. Remember, I'm, tw- I'm 23 years old, 24 years old by this time. Started going to Q Baptist Church. This was where it was all happening. This was the young people's group. You know, they were all young people there. And there was this one girl at this church who was the best-looking girl in the place. Now, I said said last Tuesday night that I hadn't told my wife this, and Sue asked me if it was her, and I said, well, yes, it was her. (laughs) And she decided that we would get married. Oh, sorry. <laughs> she, she decided that she would marry me. No. It's, it's not coming out right. She agreed to marry me. And a few months after we were married, we were moved by my company to Caratha in western australia literally i was sent to the salt mines because i was works manager at dampier salt in the pilbara and i must say that i was really still only a church goer at this time Lavella was a committed christian but we wanted to have a life where we were sharing with church, but I was really not so keen on the idea of going to Dampier, uh, going from Dampier or Caratha to Port Hedland, which is 120 miles away, to go to church, because that's where the nearest Baptist church was, to Karatha. I wasn't too keen on that idea and sort of probably made some negative comments about it. When we got there, we looked at the community notice board the next day, the the day after we arrived. There was a little note on there that said, Caratha Baptist Fellowship. And we thought, great, we'll give them a ring. So we rang these people up, and the guy who on the phone, Chris Robinson, he said to me, ah, well, we meet on Tuesday, and we're at this, this address. We meet on Sunday mornings. So Lavella and I went along. And we increased the fellowship by 25%. It was a small group. It was a small group. And they ran it on brethren lines. We really sang hymns. We were really at the forefront, Mandy. We sang Alexander's hymns. We had an Alexander's hymn book there, which was really out there. There's not the traditional hymn book. This was Alexander's. We sang these hymns in these things and we broke bread and we shared wine and we shared fellowship. And in the Sunday evenings, we had a little church service which brought more people in. Now, the interesting thing is, remember, I'm just a churchgoer. I was told that I'm on the preaching roster (laughs) and I'll be preaching every five weeks because there are only five blokes. Now, talk about spiritual growth and the time... And the opportunity you have to grow as a Christian if you are suddenly told that you're going to have to deliver a message in five weeks' time. So that was the position that I was in. So this small group was there and they were feeding me, they were nurturing me, they were encouraging me. And so that little group, over the two years that LaVella and I were there, grew. It doubled in size and then it tripled in size and it got bigger. And it became the first Baptist church in Karatha. Just weeks before we left, it was actually commissioned as a Baptist church in Karatha. Now, if you look at the Karatha Baptist Church, you'll see it's huge. We've never been there. We've never seen the building. And one day we hope to go back there so that we as foundation members of that church can go back there and see it. But that small group that met every Sunday morning in different homes was the foundation of my faith and that's where I became a Christian. But I'm here to talk about life groups. Round that way and press that one. Is it on? No, it's not. There we go. Okay, life groups, also known as Bible study groups, cell groups, home groups, and so forth. I found an article by Dr. Nadine Ritchie, who gave us five group lessons that we can learn, life group lessons that we can learn from Jesus. The first one is that life groups are formed intentionally. Now, In this church, we have groups, that we have CFC blokes, we have Mad Hatters, we have Life Changers. All of these groups have been formed for one reason or another. And that's fine, they meet a need because people like to gather with like-minded people. But life groups, Jesus invited people to join his group, his group of 12 who became the apostles distinct from disciples. Disciples were everybody who followed Jesus. The apostles were the twelve. In Luke it says that Jesus approached Levi to come and join him. He invited him. Now, as I told you, back in Bermuda, I was invited to go to this Bible study group and it, (laughs) it wasn't for me. So If you're invited to a life group or you're asked to come along or you go along and decide it is not always going to be for you. And so it's perfectly all right to try another group until you find that fit. Interestingly, just before I left Bermuda after two years, I went along to say goodbye to these blokes and they were up to Luke (laughs) 8, chapter 8. So I was sort of glad that I... (laughs) i didn't stay because it was going a little bit slow. Talk about unpacking the verses. It was unreal. Life groups break socio-economic boundaries. Jesus gathered men from all different backgrounds to become his followers. Now, socioeconomic is probably not the best best word for it. Because what I would really like to encourage is not just socioeconomic but gender, age, as well as the your background. Because the best life groups have got people and you're drawing experience from all sorts of people, all sorts of backgrounds. In life groups that Lavella and I have been in, we've had people from newly or young people we used to have we used to have our children at our life groups we used to meet in some of our life groups we used to meet for a meal get the kids off to bed have some fellowship time we had people who were grandparents and we had people that were not even married all a part of the group because we wanted to encourage that opportunity to share from the wisdoms that different people have and different perspectives and so forth, and there was a time of really great growth. Jesus was criticised for the groups that he met with. He was criticised because they said, why do you sit down with sinners? But Jesus wanted to embrace all people, no matter where they came from, no matter how much they knew, no matter where they came from. Life groups are an opportunity to learn God's word. One of the greatest benefits that the disciples had, that the apostles had, was to be with Jesus and to spend time with him beginning of the sermon on the mount it says jesus saw a crowd on the mountainside and began to teach them that's probably not the best verse to choose because there were thousands of people at the time that he began the sermon on the mount but the time that is spent with jesus is immeasurable when we sit there and study god's word as a group of believers we learn from him and the holy spirit and god will speak to us through his word Often in our cell groups, in our life groups, when Andrew particularly is running a series, we get notes, study notes that we can use. And while we come here on Sunday to listen to the message, when we then take that message and we look at the, look at the notes and we work through it, it helps us to grow, it helps us to better understand what God is trying to say through Andrew, Through the church and what we're trying to achieve life groups provide a place for refreshment jesus recognized that when you're busy when you're out there you need to have a time to draw back and to relax and to have some quiet time jesus you can read that first yourself what jesus wanted people to do was have a chance to draw back now In our busy life today, while we are well-intentioned, while we have every intention we believe of studying God's Word and having a quiet time and spending time with Jesus and reading His Word, often, to be honest with you, we don't have time or we don't make the time. But if we have a life group that we can go to, that is at least another hour and a half or two hours in a week where we can go and... Be with people who are like-minded, who can share with us and we can be there to support one another. It's just, I think, such an important time to take that time out of a week to spend with life group people because they're there to support you. They're there to encourage you. They're there to help you learn. And it doesn't matter whether you are a new Christian or an old Christian. Everybody's got something to contribute in a life group. And I encourage the young people to seek out a group that has some older people, more mature people in it. In life groups that we have been in, we have had Young people join our group. Twice in my time in running life groups and being involved in life groups, we've had couples who've decided to come along get married. So they've met, they've learnt about one another and they've got married being in our group. And one of the <laughs> highlights is when these people come along and say to the life group, hey, we've got something to tell you. And you say, yeah, we know you're getting married because we saw it long before they did but it's it's just such a great opportunity and it's so joyful to see people start to grow so yeah life groups are great life groups is the fifth thing life groups are really designed to reach out beyond their group so they're not just there for the benefit of the group Jesus brought the twelve together for a season then he sent them out. He wanted them to be willing to go out and share the word. Again, in our life groups that we've been involved with, two couples have gone out into the mission field, reaching outside. But it doesn't have to be going out into the mission field. It can be in our own community. As a life group, you might decide to, let's run a car wash. Let's go and do up somebody's garden who we know about who is infirm and can't do it, so let's tidy up their yard. We can reach out into our community. We might decide to go and walk down the street and witness as a group. As an individual, you might not find that you can do that too well, but if you're in a group, and a group of people encouraging you, you can do it. So life groups are there for... They're formed intentionally. They cover all types of people. They're opportunities to learn. They're places for refreshment. They reach out beyond their own environment if life groups are functioning in a healthy way. When I was a young bloke, there was a slogan of life, be in it. I'm saying life groups, be in it. Thank you.